You look like newlyweds running off into the woods, hearts practically dangling out of your chests. What do you say we get the puck out of here? Welcome to Avant Bard, a podcast where two theatrically inclined horror fans explore the deepest depths of the human psyche and soul through works inspired by that upstart Scarecrow himself. William, there's no escape, Spear! My name is Matthew Brains Marquez, and I use he-him pronouns. And my name is Megan, they're coming to get you, Barbara Charlot. And I use she, her pronouns. Today we are talking about A Midsummer's Nightmare, a 2012 book in the Hamilton High series. Whitley wait, Johnson's what, dream no, summer what, what, with her wait, divorcee no. dad <laughs> has turned into a nightmare. She's you just secret notes that are alive. She's just met his no. new fiance and her kids. The fiance's son, Whitley's one night stand from graduation night. Just freaking great. That's not what we're talking about today, Megan. I'm very sorry. Today we are talking about A Midsummer's Nightmare, the 22nd episode of the second season of the Disney Channel TV show, The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. No, Zack and no, Cody's Marcus, school is... we're doing that one some other time. Zack and Cody's school is putting no, on a Shakespearean Marcus, play, A Midsummer Night's Dream, where Cody tries to keep a certain kiss involving his new girlfriend and Zack from happening, and Zack tries to get a girl. London uses the principles of feng shui as Marcus, she redecorates the Tifton. Because it's not it. Try oh, again. Today we are talking about A Midsummer's Nightmare, Season 4, Episode 11 no. of Lex. Lex is no. a Canadian science fiction <laughs> no. series written Why by Lex. So many? <laughs> okay, Megan. For real, though. We could talk about uh, Midsummer Night's Mare, the Season 1, Episode 26. Is that My Little Pony? Episode of Sabrina's Secret Life. No, we could talk what? about Midsummer's Night Space Mare, the 2015, Season 4, Episode pony? 15 of Kendra on Top. Wait, okay, no, they can't keep saying Mare and it's not My Little Pony. We could talk about Midsummer Night's Nightmare, a 2015 TV show of Season 3, Episode 9 of Danny's Castle. Or we could talk about Midsummer's Nightmare, the Season 1, Episode 4 of The Real Housewives of Toronto. What? That can't even be Shakespeare. These are all legit. Okay, but what are we actually talking about, Marquez? Please save me from this. Okay. Today we are actually talking about a pilot of an unproduced short anthology series called A Midsummer's Nightmare, which originally aired on Lifetime Channel as a TV movie on July 31st, 2017 at 11 p.m. Just throw it into the dead slot, Megan. I love that they're like, huh, this is a horror anthology. Should we start it in maybe October? No, no, no. Midsummer. So, uh, July. When everyone wants to be possibly scared. It is loosely based on William Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream. It was produced by A&E Pictures, who released a press release announcing that Lifetime was definitely picking up A Midsummer's Nightmare. A quote from the press release, The first season of the anthology series takes on one of Shakespeare's most popular works, A Midsummer Night's Dream, transforming it into a modern-day, mind-bending thriller that explores terror, deception, and the dark side of love. First off, the first season of the anthology series 
So is it going to be called A Midsummer's Nightmare for the whole show if it gets multiple seasons, but each one would have tackled a different Shakespeare play? Wait, how many episodes were supposed to be in a season? Megan? How many episodes were going to be about A Midsummer Night's Dream? Unrevealed, Megan. Man, I wish this had happened. I don't. I do. We got terrible shows. Why not this terrible show? Megan, you raise actually a good point. Other shows are worse than this show. Directed by Gary Fletter and written by Anthony Jaswinski, A Midsummer's Nightmare is certainly a thing we watched on YouTube because it has the cultural footprint of an ant. That's all I have about the production of the film. Oh, sorry. I would like to say it's called a film because it aired as a unreleased pilot, but it technically is a television episode. episode. But... The Wikipedia page does, in fact, call it a film. One more thing about the production, actually. A secret thing. On the Wikipedia page, you go to the producer. It says uh, Jim O'Grady. Let me just click this link here. Sir James O'Grady, born May 6th, 1866 to December 10th, 1934, (laughs) was a trade unionist and Labour Party politician in the United Kingdom. He was the first colonial governor appointed by the Labour Party from within its own ranks. I think that's him. That is him. I'm pretty sure that's who produced this. I think Wikipedia's right. Definitely use it as your source in your academic papers, kids. Without any secondary sources. (laughs) the fact that the wikipedia page somebody legitimately linked it that's not an accident it's not like a robot did that no i mean it is an accident but um it's human error i don't know talking about midsummer night's dream so we've covered midsummer night's dream a few different times but in case you've missed it and it's huge cultural impact unlike this short episode slash film Midsummer Night's Dream is about two pairs of couples. So we got Hermia and Lysander, and they want to be together. But Hermia's dad wants her to be with Demetrius, and Demetrius wants to be with Hermia. But Helena and Demetrius have had a thing in the past, and Helena's still in love with him. And he finds out that Hermia and Lysander are going to basically go elope, and he's like, no, I'm going to chase them down. And Helena's like, I'm, I'm going to chase him down. And then they go into the woods, and... A little guy named Puck is like, I'm, <laughs> what, so a little guy named Puck? Megan, so the queen and king of the fairies okay, are fine, fighting. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Okay, so the king and queen of the fairies are fighting because uh, the queen of the fairies got this little child, little changeling boy, and he's like, give me that baby because we're married. And she's like, uh, no, I hate you. And he goes, okay, Puck won. They're, okay, so there's this group of uh, <laughs> actors so, so... who are putting on a play. <laughs> what more counts? <laughs> I think you've lost the thread. No, there's a group of actors that are putting on a play, so they're practicing. And Oberon's like, oh, okay, so what you're going to do, Puck, you're going to turn one of these actors, make his head like a donkey's, and then we're going to make Titania fall in love with him. And also, by the way, I saw all these lovers in the forest sleeping. And they're, I, I they're all feel, messed up. I, I feel real bad for Helena. I feel so bad. Like, she's hot. Come on. She's just as hot as Hermia. So you're going to put magic on the boys and make them fall in love with the correct people. And Puck's like, got it. Totally not going to mess it up. And he messes it up. Uh, and then chaos ensues. And by that, I mean funny. And all that happens. But then it gets fixed. 
darkest fights, but then they fall in love with the right people, and then Oberon's like, whoops, that was pretty terrible of me to do that to Titania, the fairy queen, and then he's just like, I undo it, don't you love me? And she's like, yeah, I do, and then everyone gets married. It's basically just about how the woods is a transformative place, and home is where things remain the same. My question to you, Megan. Yeah. Two questions. Okay. One, why are none of these called a Midsummer Night's Scream? Because oh, people suck. Easy. Simple. Question two. Do you think that a Midsummer Night's Dream is a good fit for a horror adaptation? I think you can really give it an eerie twist. It is a perfect thing, like, if you want to do a creepy fairy night carnival or something like that, where it's just you keep it, but you have the fairies be more malicious. Yeah. And, like, Oberon does some pretty malicious stuff. So you have that thing, you have the trickery of Puck be a little more creepy. But I don't think it's good for a psychological thriller horror film. Here are a couple of points that I like that translate to horror i like that set in the woods yeah woods are creepy they are scary i think that there is potential for a like 1980s horror movie camp thing with midsummer that you could do with the fairies being again like you said malicious there's the transformative nature of bottom to a donkey, which I think is scary. It would be scary if that happened to a yeah, person. Yeah, and you, you can play up that being scary instead of it being funny. And the obsessive love that comes from the flowers is also terrifying. Yeah. Because, and I think that Hermia, at a point, gets terrified by it. And I think Helena, I mean, I think Helena gets more mad at it. Yeah. But I think Hermia is terrified of the sudden shift in Lysander's love to Helena. Well, because he's suddenly like, also, I'm going to beat you. Yeah. If you don't leave me alone. Yeah. And I think the men can both be terrifying as well. Yeah. Demetrius and Lysander. Lysander so... when he's transformed and Demetrius always. <laughs> How come people don't do that? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure stage productions have probably done it. I'll be honest. Yeah. I mean, everything's been done, so. Yeah. But it's just not in film. Come on. So anyway, this uh, doesn't do that. Oh, no, Megan. <laughs> oh, it's squandered potential, Megan. I think we do an acting corner? Yeah, we do an acting corner. There's, like, not anyone important in this film. So, um, Don't you start. So we have Paul Walter Hauser, who is Nick Bottoms, with a S added to the end for no reason. Because that's a real last name, Marquez. Bottom? That's a butt. Bottoms? That's like pants. That's a real last name. He was Richard Jewell in the movie Richard Jewell. And he was also one of Cruella's henchmen in this year's Cruella. Eric Balfour is Mark, a person who's in this film who is inconsequential. Oh! <laughs> what? One of the only decent people is Mark? Yeah. No offense. Who is Mark in Midsummer, Megan? Fucking no one. <laughs> okay, just wanted to make sure he has no correlation. No to correlation. Mark. He was a lead on 24. Oh, sorry. The closest that he could be is that the surfer couple could be the king and queen. Yeah, they're not. But they're super not at all in any way. But that's just the only other couple. 
And then we have Courtney Love as Titania. I was right that what? she's supposed to be Titania. I mean, obviously she was supposed to be Titania. But she's the spoopy lady that we see who has very few lines. What a waste of your Courtney Love. Courtney Love is a famous musician in her own right. Also Kurt Cobain's wife. And she was an actress in a few movies of little note. But she is famous enough that her addition to this cast actually caused some cultural footprint until the thing was released. And then there was no one else in this movie. I hate you so much. How dare. How dare you. How dare you skip Marriott Brandybuck from The Lord of the Rings. How dare you Wait, skip- Wait, Mary's in this film? How dare you skip Charlie Pace from Lost. How dare you skip Beaumont Kin from everyone's favorite Star Wars film? Wait, why is it Skywalker? Yeah. How d- oh, he wasn't that he because wasn't he's because he's a J.J. Abrams guy because yes. of Lost. How dare you skip co-host of the Friendship Onion, a oh, podcast oh. about how Billy Boyd and Dominic Monaghan became friends filming The Lord of the Rings, and it's called the Friendship Onion. Obviously, Dominic Monaghan is in this. Okay. Marquez. Okay. And he plays Puck. Mike Puck. Uh, can we start talking about this shit? How dare you act like talking about Dominic Monaghan took up your time? Again, this is how you must feel after every acting corner. So the movie begins. The series pilot begins. The one episode of a TV show that failed begins. Yes. We see a young woman being dragged through the forest by masked men, and she's all beat up, and there's a lady in a white dress that is behind all of them. And they take pictures of her. They put a white mask on her face. And they throw bees at her. Yeah, just a whole wasp's nest, and then they put, like, two shovelfuls of dirt. Okay. But not fully buried. No. And then we hear whispered, you'll play it in mask. Is that like from Midsummer Megan? Yeah, the mechanicals say it when they're like, we'll play it in mask and blah, blah, blah. Weak. That's not a really I'm famous gonna, line, Megan. I'm going to be honest. This is repeated like three times in the film. It's like one of the only things directly taken from Midsummer. Okay, here's my thing, Megan. Masks aren't a huge theme in a Midsummer Night's Dream. And Whoa. yet they act like it's like, well, these people aren't who they really say they are. It's like, that's a theme of Hamlet. Yes, that's I'm like, theme. even just like hiding your true self, that is not Midsummer. No. There are a lot of plays that you could say that works for. Midsummer is not one of them. Bad. There's not even a masquerade. Bad. That's Romeo and Juliet. Bad. So we find out this young woman's name is Elena. Get it? Like Helena. But they got rid of the H because that's not a real first name. So they got rid of the H. <laughs> Helena is ridiculously <laughs> a real first name, Megan. So I think what actually happened is they went, we can't have the two lead females both have names that start with H like they do in Midsummer. So we're going to change them. And one is just going to drop the H. Yeah, because no one in real life has ever had the first letter of your name be the same. And like, one's a brunette and one's got blonde hair. I can tell them apart enough. It's okay. But no, Elena. And she wakes up in a hospital. So, okay, she survived the like barely burial. And the FBI is here to interrogate her. She's like, I was buried. And they're like, um, you were found in a bed in a cabin. 
which and, is weird. I don't know why she got moved to the bed. Titania, can you explain? No. And they show her some pictures that they have because eight people are missing in the woods. And they've got Polaroid photographs of them, each with writing on them. But all we know is that one is named Daniel, and it has traitor written on it. <gasps> so Daniel is um Demetrius. Okay. Daniel Etrius. Why, why does it have traitor written on it? Because he betrayed her love. Okay, but like in this version, they do not have a history of ever dating. Yeah, she just likes him. She just likes him. So, like, that's really, that's kind of problematic. Because, like, he didn't betray her love because he never said he loved her. Ever. At all. In this entire thing. Or before. So why does, why does it say traitor? I feel like if anyone had traitor on it, it should be Hannah, a.k.a. Hermia, who betrayed Demetrius. Why isn't it named, like, Demetrio? Because that's not a name, Marquez. That definitely Daniel isn't. is a name. No, it's a name. Do you expect him to not be white? Yes. We only have white people in this. That's fair. Which is another problem. Yeah. Maybe the other episodes would have had people of color. Uh, no. One of the FBI oh, that's true. ladies that's true. is black. That's true. Well, she's the only lady of the FBI yeah. people. But that's important because she's such a vital character. She says maybe one thing. So come on, Megan. So Elena reveals... It all started because of Hannah. She only came to the force because of Daniel. It's Hannah's fault. She thought he was done with Hannah. Cut to 12 days ago. In very jarring red, Cabin in the Woods font. We see Hannah. She's obviously a carefree girl. She screams, standing with her arms and torso out of the top of a jeep. Man, if this was a different horror movie, she would be vivisected horribly. No, but instead, this is just so that we know that she's carefree. Also, you literally can't do anything bad to these people because it's lifetime television. So, like... Yeah, the second that it was, like, it was a lifetime television, I was like, wait, there's a horror on lifetime? <laughs> yeah, well, they were taking a big risk, Megan. A&E Productions did the TV show Unreal which was about the behind the scenes of a Bachelor-like show and showing how actually dark and messed up the Bachelor was behind the scenes. And that actually was Lifetime's highest rated series of all time. So they took a risk on a Midsummer's Nightmare. I and actually, then they did one episode and went, oh, never mind. Yeah, basically. They said, this is not our target demographic. Because it really isn't. So she's driving with Liam, a.k.a. Lysander. Because again, Lysander, not a real name. Liam is better than everything else. Because I can't really think of a L-Y or L-I name that really, like, fits. Luke. Luke. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> nope, does not work. And they end up at the Dreamland Retreat, where they're greeted by a little squirrel statue that says, heavy is the head that wears the nut. It why just is, seems important to me. Why is there nuts on your head? That's like a reference that doesn't make any sense. It focuses on it. It's not like it's in the background. The no. camera's like, this squirrel is important. It's funny, isn't it? Not really. We meet Nick Bottoms, who they're like, do you own the place? And he's like, no, I'm just a handyman. I'm overweight and stupid. 
Yeah, that's his thing. That's the trope we're going with. Again, high quality television. <laughs> this is exactly what you can expect from Lifetime Channel. We do meet Puck, played by no one of note. I hate you. Okay, played by Dominic Monaghan. Thank you. He runs the joint. And he gives them the keys to cabin three. And he's just like, my name's Mike Puck. It rhymes with, yeah, luck. That's what we'll go with. And I'm like, yeah, because Puck is so hard to to remember. remember. <laughs> Megan, you got to remember my name. It's Daniel, which rhymes with Spaniel. Spaniel. Oh, Spaniel, like the Spaniel bit. Wait, is that that? No, no that's not why. That's not why. That's too clever by half for these writers. So anyway, to remind us that this is a horror film pilot of a TV show, one episode that failed. Yes. Puck lets us know. Yeah, it's so open here. There's so many cabins open because, you know, everything just dies after Labor Day. Oh. Wow. Horror. Okay, so then we cut to Liam eating Hannah out. Good good for them, I guess. Lifetime. I'm actually impressed. I was actually... Oh, because it's like they could have cut to them just like making out or having sex or something, but instead it's just him eating her out? Well, I immediately am more on Liam's side. Oh no, Liam is the best of the four. Yeah, I'm on his side because he's willing to eat his girl out. I think that's a very Lysander move of him. Oh. Lysander, oh. Absolutely. We learn here, obviously, in the eating out scene, that they ran away from the situation that they were in. They're eloping, quote unquote. They don't actually say eloping. No, but but they say, let the woods marry us. Yes. And he's just like, "Mm, so Hannah, are you like overwhelmed with guilt for leaving? And she's just like, um, no, like I would be if I'd left something important. This is obviously very natural conversation that you have <laughs> after you are having oral sex. You definitely say, do you oh, regret- Oh, so by the way, are you riddled with guilt? <laughs> are you going to stay awake all night being filled with guilt and uh, regret? What do you think our purpose is here on this planet? <laughs> and Oh, be- she has to pee. Yeah, because she feels so good, she has to pee. Which is good. After sex, you should pee. Yes. And she looks at her phone and, oh my gosh- She has so many texts from Daniel. He's like, where are you? Obviously, it's an outhouse. And the door starts shaking and she freaks out and drops the phone into the toilet. And then she goes, oh, I'll just flush the toilet? Yeah, uh, what? I don't understand her logic. And then the toilet explodes on her, which makes sense. Oh, I would also like to say a line that I do like is when she drops her phone in the toilet. She does say, gold frickin' star, Hannah. (laughs) That is the most relatable any character is in this entire thing. And then we meet two others. We meet Jocelyn, who helps Hannah figure out how to use the toilet and then asks her, do you want this phone? And Hannah says, nah, it's fine. No, just throw that thing out. And Jocelyn goes, yeah, that's a great idea. We should throw out this smartphone. What? Put it in rice. Just like... It's just water and pee. But you clean that off and you put it in rice, no matter what. You disinfect it. That's hundreds of dollars. Yeah. You try to save it. But Jocelyn obviously seems like a nice person. She's like, hey, what's wrong? Are you okay? I heard screaming. Do you want me to throw out your phone for you? 
you know, typical nice neighbor shit. Oh, and then she's like, oh, and that's Mark. And Mark's like, hey, and that's all we get from Mark. You know, one of the most famous actors in this. Yep. She also goes back to Liam, and then she judges Jocelyn for touching the pee phone. Yes, she's like, you know, poor people like her live hand to mouth, and I've seen where those hands are. What the hell? You dropped your phone in the toilet. She helped you. She was trying to make sure you didn't get axe murdered in the night. How dare you, classist bitch. I hate Hannah. Anyways, we get a knock, knock, knock on the door. Who is it? It's Daniel and another important character, Royce, Daniel's brother. Totally a character in Midsummer Night's Dream. And Daniel's like, I'm going to fight you because you kidnapped Hannah. Because Hannah couldn't just be like, respond to the text saying, I left. I'm done. This is my choice. And we meet Elena also is here again. Oh yeah, Elena is here. Not in the hospital. And she says, stop it. What is she doing here? Why? Well, so Demetrius follows Hermia into the forest to get her back. And then Helena goes, and I'll go into the forest to get my love. Yeah. But it looks like they all drove together. Yes, they definitely did, Megan. So I don't, I don't understand. It would have been better if she showed up after Daniel and Royce. Yes. And Instead of if, being like, we all came here and I'm here. It would also be better if Royce didn't exist. Daniel starts fighting Liam because he thinks that Liam's a kidnapper. And he's just like, I was literally about to marry Hannah, which I'm like, oh, that's different. Yeah, but it's okay, Megan. You don't have to fight because we've got Puck and Nick Bottom shows up and Puck has a big fucking gun. And he opens the door and it's just like, somebody call for turndown. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, it's not that funny. It's dumb. Okay. You're... What cabin does turndown service? Oh, also Nick Bottoms does have nunchucks. And then, trying to be very Midsummer Shakespearean, Puck is just like, who's gonna tell a tale? And please do not let that, and he like, motions to the nunchuck-wielding Nick, detract from me holding an actual gun. Well, the nunchucks aren't a gun at all. Yeah, so they try, they do a couple times where they're just like, we're gonna kind of be reminiscent of Shakespeare. Who's gonna tell a tale? We'll do it in mask. Uh, Shakespeare exists, remember? Yeah, this is based on that a little bit. It doesn't work. Yeah. It's it's just stinted. It's weird. It comes across weird. Yeah, it's bad, Megan. I would call it bad. And Royce, Daniel's brother, is just like, we're saving Hannah from being kidnapped by Liam. And then it's just like, no, that's not what's happening. And Puck's just like, okay, so just get out. Stop. And then Elena's like, let's go, Daniel. I tried to make him stop. Okay. And she just like walks away. And then I guess Puck runs them a room. Well, I'm like, they they bursted in and started fights on your ground. And you're just like, yeah, sure, you can stay. I have a question. Yeah. Are the surfer people, Jocelyn and Mark, the fairies? No. Okay. They're supposed to be... I think they're Theseus and... And Hippolyta. Yeah. Okay, no. That's the only other couple I can think of. Yeah, okay. So Royce in the scene, rightly tells Daniel, don't be with her if she leaves you about Hannah, to which I say, Royce, you are right. Royce has logic. 
that everyone else so dearly needs. Because what this is missing is the social aspect of the relationships from the play. Because in the play, it's, hi, my dad is telling me to marry Demetrius and I love Lysander. And love should override this thing. But nobody's keeping these people. Right. That's the problem with this modern setting as well. Because you can't... Your parents nowadays... One, the parents aren't in this at all. No. Two, we don't have a parent or authority figure being like, I am arranged marrying you to this person. Yeah. You have no say because it is the olden times. Like, that's not a thing right now. Yeah. So there's no ownership. So when Elena and Royce tell Daniel, just let it go. Dude, you were about to get married and she ran off with someone else. She's not right for you. You don't want to shack up with that the rest of your life. And he's like, but I love her. And then Uh, Elena puts her hand on his chest to signal to us that she has feelings for him. She's like, please, let's just go. And he's like, no, not without Hannah. Even though she wasn't kidnapped and she doesn't want to go with you. And then apparently Hannah's just like, yeah, I'll go talk to you alone in the woods. Like the next scene. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. She has no survival instinct. I mean, spoiler, he's not a murderer as far as we know. Well, I mean, he tried to punch Liam and beat him up. If that happened, I would be worried about meeting this guy alone. Yes. I'd be like, okay, so you're angry. And it seems like when you're angry, you're violent. I'm going to have someone else with me when we talk. Or I will talk to you on the phone at a distance. So Hannah tries explaining why she did what she did. And And stupid Daniels keeps getting mad and bringing up the fact that she cheated on him when they were going to get married. And he offers, like, we can work things out. I understand we rushed things and you got scared. And she's just like, not hearing it. She's not feeling it. She doesn't want to. But we will resolve this conversation later because we got to really establish that Elena is good with a bow and arrow. Why? I really, seriously, the amount of time they spend in this moment being like, wow, Elena's great at archery. I definitely thought it would, you know, come up later. Doesn't. Well, Megan, this is just a pilot, so it will come up later in the series that was never made. Oh, wait, do you think this story would have continued in further episodes? Yes. No, this story would have continued, Megan. All right, that makes sense. Like, they would have actually tried to find everyone else? Yeah. All right, sorry, getting back into it. Nick is like, oh, I'm taking down this dead wasp hive. And Puck's like, there's live ones. Take those down instead. I wonder if those will ever come up. Yeah, they will, because they came up in the first scene. But also, why? Yep. Why now? Cut to one year earlier. So Elena's people watching at a Halloween party, and she is apparently not wearing a costume, but I say that she is wearing the costume of Faith from season three of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I was like, this isn't a costume. You look like you dressed up as something like- From the 90s. From the 90s. But yeah, it's a Halloween costume party. Hannah and Daniel are obviously together. Hannah's singing a song. She's dressed as an angel because she's the angel. And Elena's dressed as something darker because she's not an angel. I don't know. Also, Elena's here with Blaine, who's wearing a skeleton guy costume. And Daniel introduces Elena to his girlfriend, Hannah. 
And so we establish that they are not lifelong friends like Hermia and Helena. Which changes literally everything. everything. Because that is the probably most important thing about these couples. Yes. Is that Helena and Hermia are like school children friends. Then, uh... Who like had sex in the fields. Well, man, I didn't want to say it. You said it. I did. That's what it implies. The cherry lines. The cherries. They at least made out, tasted each other a little. Like, come on. I mean, the cherry implies that they ate each other out. Yes. But no, they don't know each other at all. Yes. Before walking away to go back to Hannah, Daniel gives her a white mask, which we saw her wearing. The fairies, they put a white mask on her. But he gives her a white mask and it's like, you can't be at this party without a mask. For reasons. Even though a bunch of people don't have masks on. So Blaine gets her drunk and then tries to rape her pretty much out in the open. Pretty sure he drugged her drink. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like in the middle of the party. Which is good for her because Daniel stops stops it and beats up Blaine. And then Liam shows up and he's like, I'm going to beat up Blaine too. And I have a question. Why is Liam here? Because he's best friends with Daniel. Yes. Never mind. He's best friends with Daniel. Daniel's best friend, Liam, who would never betray him. Why isn't he labeled traitor in the photo? I cannot believe that they establish that they are best friends with one line when Daniel is very angry, being like, he was my best friend, and that's the only establishing they ever do. So, Megan, you are forgiven for forgetting this fact. Because also, in A Midsummer Night's Dream, Lysander and Demetrius are not friends. They are not friends. In fact, they are rivals. They barely know each other. They just know that they hate each other because of Hermia's love. Yes. And so Liam takes over beating up Blaine and Daniel comforts Elena, which is like, that's good because it's your party that she started to get assaulted at. So yeah, please comfort your friend, Elena. So we cut to modern day. Royce is like, I can't do anything here. I can't convince Daniel. You take care of him. I'm just going to go home. I got to do work. I'm a good man. And Elena's just like, you are a good man. If I had any taste, I'd be in love with you instead of your brother. And then he's just like, that's true, and leaves. And then Liam is like, I have a bruise. And that's literally that whole scene. He just like walks up with a bruise and she just looks at him. And then we cut back to Hannah and Daniel talking. Hannah says she felt smothered. And Daniel's like, by me? And she's like, no, by this rich life that I live. It's so hard being a privileged white girl. And Daniel's like, I don't care about money. I love you. And she's like, well, I don't love you. And he's like, no, we're fine. (laughs) She's like, we're not fine. And she goes to leave and he grabs her arm. Big no, no. You do not do this to someone. Do not grab anyone's arm. Daniel sucks. He sucks. Hope he dies in this future thing. He doesn't die here. Spoilers. She she does eventually get him off and runs away. Yeah, and uh, this is where my notes, I said, this is boring. I'm bored. <laughs> I will say, this is similar to scenes in Midsummer where Demetrius is like, Hermia, what's up? And Hermia's like, I'm looking for Lysander. And he's just like, cool, I hope he's dead. She's like, how dare you? And she runs away from him. Cool. So we cut back to Elena and Liam is just like, hey, you're shooting things. What's up? 
And she's like, I used to be a stripper. Now I'm a bartender. She doesn't say that, but it's revealed in this scene. It might as well be as clumsily revealed as her staring into the camera and saying it. And he's just like, yeah, we're not rich people like them. We're outsiders. You know what it's like. We are just like graced by their presence and welcomed into their little world. And I know you like Daniel. And man, I love Hannah so much. She's it. And then she just clumsily also says love was the first arrow ever fired. Or he says it. One of them says it. Is that a line from Midsummer? It is not. Okay. It's another one of those lines where it's like, well, we kind of want to be Shakespearean. But it's not. Like, I feel like there's something similar. Whatever. But like, that's not a line. Well, I mean, they talk about Cupid's arrow in Midsummer, but... Do you think if we looked up on Pinterest, we would see one that says love was the first arrow ever fired attributed by William Shakespeare and the writers went, oh, he said that? Cool. Let's put it in our thing. I am certain if not that, that if we made that, it would get shared like wildfire. Yep. Shared like wildfire, not spread like wildfire. Share. People would share it, you know, pick up dry leaf, dip it in the wildfire, throw it into another patch of leaves. <laughs> share it. So Royce is driving and he almost runs into a spoopy lady. I wrote Titania and I was right. You were right. And he veers off the road, but he's safe. He, nope. he dismissed her. He didn't really. Yeah, hit we, we her. just kind of cut to hannah who's just like i am wrecked with guilt yeah she's in a spoopy river area and she hears footsteps and she's like what is that and looks at a tree and it says hannah and liam and liam's crossed out and it says daniel well it's it's in a heart That's oh yeah the, yeah it, it is it is a heart it like they wrote a little heart thing that we never saw them do so this has no impact but it's just crossed out and it says daniel instead of liam suddenly the surfer couple shows up and they're like wow you're pale as a ghost they jump scare her what was the point of that? To jump scare you, Megan. But it wasn't scary. No. So we cut to Hannah and Liam, and they're just driving away. They're just left, and apparently they did not pay. Yes. Which is it's shitty. Pay puck. They're going off, everything is fine, and wham! A deer head is in their windshield. I expected it to be a whole deer, but they obviously didn't have the budget for an entire deer, so they just put a head. And so they veer off into the woods and they crash. Uh-oh. Liam's passed out. There's something in the woods. There's a figure. And I was like, uh-oh, it's Daniel. Wait, no, that's Royce. That's Royce. It's Royce. And then he makes a gesture like he's cutting his throat, which I don't know if that's supposed to be like, he's like, I'm killing myself. Or he's like, I'm going to kill you. Or if he's already dead. But then he transforms into the spoopy lady in like blurry vision. She reaches for Hannah's hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then it cuts. Yeah. And we go back to the resort, the retreat. someone broke all the cars. All the wires are cut or something. Yeah, I don't know how cars work. And I feel like they don't either. And Puck is just like, man, I checked my truck too. It's all pucked up. And this is where I start to lose my mind. Because at the beginning, he said Puck like luck. And then for the rest of the film, he replaces the F word, the fuck word with puck yeah it's because he can't say it on lifetime tv I know. megan i know what the puck is going on we should start doing that i'm so pucking annoyed <laughs> by this 
So Puck is just like, obviously Hannah and Liam broke all of our cars because they're horrible, vindictive people. As we all know, it's been established. But that's not the case because Nick Bottoms has found Liam and they are suddenly just have Hannah and she's hurt. And I don't understand. We didn't get an establishment of them Liam, finding her. So I two things. One, right before that happens, Daniel's just like, no, Hannah wouldn't do that. And Puck's just like, did you know you can rearrange Daniel to spell denial? Notice that just now, <laughs> which is shockingly clever for this. It's bad, but it's surprisingly clever for the level that this is. Yes, the bar's very low. And then, two, so last we saw, Liam was passed out and Hannah was awake. But now it's like Hannah's passed out and Liam is fine and walking around. Spooky reversal. (laughs) It's Halloween. Speaking of, we cut to one year earlier. At the Halloween party. And Hannah's a bitch. She's like, yeah, okay. She had date rape drug put in her drink and then her guy tried to rape her. How dare you comfort her, Daniel? Why would you protect her in her pathetic little crop top? She also punches Elena. Yeah, because she's like, oh, you forgot your mask, which one is not hers. And then she just like hits her and she's like, how dare you kiss my boyfriend on the cheek when you said goodbye to him, even though we've clumsily established that you guys are friends. And I say, you know what? Hannah deserves these bad things happening to her. Yeah. I'm like, hey, Daniel, why do you want to be with this person? Yeah. I hate her. So back at the present day. It's not even the present day, though. It's not? The present day is the hospital. Oh, this is some anonymous bullshit, (laughs) man. Frame narrative. In the current storyline, Hannah wakes up says that she thinks that Royce is behind everything, question mark. My favorite line of this is, he threw a deer's head at our windshield. I'm sorry, what? Daniel's like, why is she mentioning Royce? And Elena's like, because she's fucking dumb. Daniel does hold Elena's hand in this scene. He's like, I can always count on you. No one trusts anyone, and it's all machismo bullshit, is oh, my yeah. line. Yeah, because Daniel's like, I don't trust that puck guy. And then the surfer guy's just like, I suspect he doesn't trust you too, bruh. And then Puck says, what do you say we get the puck out of here? And then Bottoms calls everyone into the main room, and they see that there are eight hearts carved into the wall, and one of them has a picture of Royce that says martyr on the bottom. That one actually makes sense. If he got killed first, martyr, and he's like the only good person. Yeah, sure. And then the lights go out. My favorite thing is that Daniel, understandably, is like, that's my brother. And Puck, not giving a puck, is just like, that's my wall. (laughs) This is bad. This is bad writing. Yeah, Megan. And then Daniel's just like, Nick, why would you do this to my brother? And Nick's like, it was there when I came in. Stop trying to beat people up. He just wants someone to beat up. So the lights go out. They go out to check on the electrics and the wires are all pulled out. And then they see a figure in the woods and their immediate thought is to shoot at it. Of course. Why not? Yep. It's not like this is a resort. And then they get shot back at. 
with and, an arrow, which yeah. means you go, Elena, and then you're like, she's standing right there. It's obviously not her. Yep. And it shoots Nick, and then suddenly Jocelyn pulls out a handgun and starts shooting into the woods. Out of nowhere, the figure runs away, and everyone is safe now, except, oh no, Nick Bottoms, he got his, him ear got hurt. And he says, the sons of bitches gave me a donkey ear. Get it? Yeah, man. Like I, I in do. Midsummer, Nick Bottom yeah, is I do. turned into a donkey head. And to drive it in even more, Puck says, We'll make it an ass head. Girls will see it and instantly fall in love with you. Then we're going to get the bastards. A line that definitely makes sense. A flower had nothing to do with Titania falling in love with the ass's head. It's just that donkey heads are really attractive. <laughs> and then Puck gets mad at Jocelyn. He's like, Why do you have a gun? And Mark's like, Well,. You suck with your gun, so it's good she had it, because otherwise Nick would be dead. And Puck's just kind of like, yeah, that's fair. (laughs) No, question the gun more. Hannah wakes up in the bedroom, and Elena's just like, it's like the Donner party. What does that have to do with anything? Also, it's nothing like the- It's nothing like the Donner party. Man, we're all cannibalizing each other after we were offered food and said no. And then, you know, we're in the wilderness with no supplies. And then Hannah's just like, I never hated you. I just hated me. And I knew Daniel and I weren't going to be together forever. I know you love Daniel, Elena. I know how it feels. It makes you real. And once it's done, that, it almost burns through your skin. Such a simple thing to make us hurt so badly. Also, the woman in the woods whispered in my ear and she said that we both need to ask for forgiveness. Uh, Actually, what she whispered is, we're going to play it in masks and they'll know who we really are. What? What does that mean? Well, obviously, Megan, Midsummer is about people uh, hiding who they really are from one another. And she's just like, I read Midsummer Night's Dream in high school, and I know that that's what it means. So we have to ask Daniel for forgiveness, both of us, especially you, Elena, for the horrible thing that you did, Elena. Elena, you did something horrible. And I'm like, what did Elena do that was bad? And Daniel's just like, Elena, go home. This isn't safe. And she's like, no, I gotta stay here to keep you from going DEFCON 1. I'm just like, Don, man. They keep saying things to be like, man, aren't we cool? But it's not. This is not. So everyone is going into the woods. Megan gets confused about who is where. It's also very important. Puck is just like, no one can fire my gun. This land is my domain. Which I'm like, ooh, is he actually like Faye? Of course not. He's not a fae. He's just some guy named Puck. How great would that be? There's blood in the woods. Cut to one year earlier. Elaine is leaving. Uh Uh-oh, she sees a car wreck. Who's in the car wreck? Blaine, the guy who tried to assault her. Because he was drunk driving. Don't drink and drive. He's like, please give me my phone. I need to call for help. And she's just like, yeah, I'll grab the phone for you. And then she's like, wait a second. You assaulted me! And she puts on the mask that she took with her. So that he won't recognize her? I don't get it. It's her empowerment, I guess. It's really just so that the mask can mean something, I guess. But it's stupid. So she puts on the mask and kicks his phone off the ledge of the curb and is like, goodbye. And he's like, what? But I can't reach my phone. Anyway, everyone else is still in the woods. We're back into the middle portion of our timeline. The blood trail just ended. What's going on? And Liam's like, this is bait. And Elena's like, yeah, this is bait. And Daniel's like, I don't care. I, I, my brother's car. 
Yeah, so they see the car lights and a beep beep in the distance. And Daniel steals Puck's gun. And he's like, that's Royce's car. And Puck's like, no. And they run over to the car and the windshield says, don't get mad, Daniel. Written in blood. Sure, sure. What is that supposed to mean? And then they look. Is it just because he gets mad all the time? I don't know, Megan. Megan, who gives a shit? Don't get mad, Daniel. Megan, who gives a shit? Here's what I expected at this moment. Don't get mad, Daniel. And then it would show something that looked like Royce killed himself. Yeah. That's what I expected. But this is Lifetime. So they obviously couldn't do that. But really, don't get mad, Daniel makes no sense. Sorry, continue. So they see a scarecrow and they're like, oh, it's medicine. And Daniel's like, bam, bam, I shoot you down. And then he goes up to the scarecrow and it's like, oh. It has a fancy watch. It's got to be a rich person. My brother's the only rich person here. (laughs) Oh, no, it's Royce. No one could have seen this coming. What? And on his watch is also part of Hannah's necklace that we saw in the Jeep earlier in the film. And we cut to Hannah in the bed and she hears her name whispered and she's like, what? And now she's all tied up and Titania closes the door and starts taking photos of her. And I'm like, why is Titania so obsessed with taking so many photos when she only uses one to write a word on? And then Liam's like, oh, what's going on? And Titania puts a skinned face of Royce over Hannah's head. Yeah. And then we cut to the scarecrow. And the face has been ripped off. He's got a goopy face, is what I wrote down in my notes. He got a goop face. And Liam's like, Hannah! And he runs, and the surfer couple goes in the bedroom, and they're like, Hannah's gone. And then Liam comes, and he's like, where's Hannah? And they're like, there's a trap door under the bed. And there's a tunnel, and they open the trap door, and Elena's mask is on it. Also bees. Yeah, there's also wasps. It's weird, because I feel like they're keeping, like, Elena did it. But that makes no sense. Anyway, we cut to actual modern day, and Elena's like, they're still alive. You guys should go look for them. I'm so tired, though. I'm gonna stop telling you the story right at this critical moment. Nothing bad could happen to me if I do so. And then it ends. Um, Titania's hand reaches for Elena's face, and then it ends. Oh, who gives a shit, Megan? She's goes. left alone, and then it's like, oh, but she's spooky. We did it. Spoopaween. Spoop. Uh, yeah, over. so happy October, guys. We wanted to have this month be scary. It was scary, because this film was bad. <laughs> the fear of disappointment. <laughs> oh. I was so excited when I heard there was a scary Midsummer that was only found on YouTube that starred Dominic Monaghan. Why was the fu- found only on YouTube part of that <laughs> excitement? Is bad. <laughs> okay. But I thought it would be like good, bad. Just uh, like, no. oh, it's real B acting and stuff. But it was like, no, they're this trying. Is, this is bad, bad. It's just bad. It could have been more schlocky. And if it was yeah, more schlocky, it would have that's been. That's what I thought. I thought it was just going to be like. You wanted theater of blood. Yes. I just thought it was going to be like real cheesy and like kind of like a joke, a 44 minute thing that Dominic Monaghan and some of his friends put together. Yeah. But one, I'm shocked that he and Courtney Love are just in a thing that's this bad. Yeah. And they just chose to be in I it. hope they got paid a good amount of money. I hope all There's the actors... There's no way they did. I hope all the actors got paid. They were probably going to get profit share. Oh, no, you're right. It's just a freaking pilot. Yes. Oh, no. Oh, it feels so bad for everyone involved. About this as an adaptation. Yeah. Um, bad. Uh, there are two couples... And um, everything else regarding them is uh, not 
You make it weep? Well, no, no, no. Lysander and Hermia do elope. So we've had a good run of some pretty good things we've watched for this podcast. Uh, and this one's not that. MVP. Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, what did Roger Ebert? No, nothing. This came, <laughs> this came out after he died. And he would not have reviewed this. Yeah, MVP. MVP. Dominic Monaghan as Pop. Because why not? No, Liam. I'm going to say Liam. He ate a girl out. He is an outsider. He's very understanding to people. Really, he's done nothing wrong that we were shown, except be a cheater with Hannah. Well, Hannah sucks, so he chose bad. uh... Oh, yeah, no. Like, he has poor decision making. But, like, haven't we all? I choose Dominic Monaghan because I don't give a puck. Before we give our ratings, I want to say what I think Shakespeare would say if he saw this. Yeah. I believe we must leave the killing out when all is done. Oh, I have one other thing before oh, we give our okay. ratings. So this is a horror Shakespeare adaptation. We talked in the beginning about how Midsummer Night's Dream fares for a horror adaptation. I posit this to you. What play of Shakespeare's do you think would make a good horror adaptation that is not Macbeth? What if we've chosen the same thing? Then it will just be good, Megan, because then we have the same idea. Okay, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? You can go first, Megan. Okay. All right, so I'm thinking a comedy of errors. Okay. That was not what I was thinking of. Okay, good. This would be like a horror comedy, but like the horror parts can still be really creepy. Okay. I'm thinking kind of like along the lines of Shaun of the Dead type. Okay, okay. Uh, so you've got the comedy and stuff. But instead of twins that were separated at birth, you just kind of throw that plot line out because a lot of people do anyway. So the twins instead are either clones. Okay. Or like alien or monster changeling things. Fuck, Megan. Cha- what? Did you have something Fuck similar to that? Megan. Is that what you were thinking? Yeah. But not comedy. Continue. <sighs> okay, no, but it, so it would just be like that. But you'd still have the funny things where it's just like, "Well, why don't you love me?" And it's just like, "I'm just trying to kill people. Why is she following me?" But it would be a funny thing while also being really scary because terrifying clone changeling type things. What's yours, Marcus? So I was gonna do two gentlemen of Verona, but Proteus. In that his name means oh yeah changing would be a the thing slash among us shapeshifter and also Proteus um tries to assault yeah no he's uh, actually a bad man he is a bad man who changes who he is in order to get what he wants and I think that having it kind of be like commentary on how men are terrifying actual like very scary horror movie yeah no see here's the thing i think that it's really good that we have two very similar things because what we've got here now is all ages yeah i cater to the younger audience or just scaredy pants and you can cater to the people who actually can dig horror yeah and like valentine is trying to kill proteus because He's killing people yeah, uh, and consuming them, most likely. And yeah, that's that's it. That's the plot. I take that. Do you yeah. take mine? Yeah, I dig yours. It's it's very different. In, it is actually very different. We yeah. just have the same 
style of monster. I was scared, but it turns out I had no. No, so you had no need to be scared because I went for Shaun of the Dead comedy style. Yes, 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 and I went for more of a it follows Oculus Mike Flanagan route. Yeah, where it's a metaphor, but not a subtle one. (laughs) Okay, what would you rate a Midsummer's Nightmare? I would rate it one white mask out of the six people we see who are in couples. That's fair. I would rate it the one photo that's on Puck's wall out of the nine places for photos to be. So really what they gave you right there was just your meter. Yes. It was nine hearts and you just got one photo heart out of it. Yep, yep, (laughs) yep, 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 yep. All right, I think that's going to do it for us here on this week's episode of Avant Bard. If you liked what you heard, please follow us on all social media at Avant Bard Pod. And if you really liked what you heard, you can support us online at patreon.com slash Pod. Bloopers for this week's episode will be up next week. But until then, we will see you. Avant Bard is created by Matthew James Marquez and Megan Charlo. To support the show, visit patreon.com slash avantbardpod. We would like to thank Riley Allen for the creation of our theme music, Cloverkin for our logo artwork, and everyone in the audience for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Avant Bard, you can visit us on all social media platforms at avantbardpod.